0: It is 11.30 at KRVN, 11th day of December. It's a snowy day for most of us. If you haven't seen snow yet, you might later this afternoon, possibly this evening and tomorrow morning. Most of us uh, woke up with some snow, and uh, some are still seeing snow right now. Otherwise, listen, we're in uh, December right now, early December. It's bound to happen, getting some uh, snow, and most importantly, we're seeing some precipitation uh, a lot of areas are dry, so desperately needed right now. A lot coming up today on Midday. We'll hear from Jason as he's on the road right now with UNK Basketball. We'll catch up with him in just a moment for sports. Bob Broken will fill us in and tell us how stocks are doing uh, in the, the light of uh, COVID news in terms of uh, uh, what Pfizer may be approved for. We'll hear more about that coming up. But first, as we always do, let's talk with Susan Littlefield to uh, get a preview of what's to come.
1: Well, thanks so much, Tyler. Here's what's happening on a midday from the farm team. It's snowing here. The question is, is it snowing where you're at? We're going to find out what this weather is going to bring us into the weekend with Al Dutcher. That'll come up at 1219 with Shaley Peters. Then at 1245, Alex steps in as she speaks with Alec Ibov Carney. He was named the winner of the discussion meet competition put on by the YFNR during this year's Nebraska Farm Bureau's virtual convention. And then wrapping up everything at 117, it's FNBO's Friday Feeders. This time it's Clay Patton stepping in, as we'll be hearing his interview with John Schrader from Dar Feedlot. That's a look at the midday on a Friday from the farm team. All
0: right, thank you very much, Susan. Sure appreciate that. As we mentioned... Uh, Jason is on the road with UNK basketball as the, they were down in Wichita last night and they'll play again tomorrow. But uh, what do you have for us uh, here on this Friday?
2: Hey, thanks. While this fall a number of college football and even basketball teams have struggled with COVID, Nebraska has remained relatively healthy. We'll hear from head coach God Frost, get his thoughts on why Nebraska for the most part has been able to Play their games, be at full strength. Nebraska is scheduled to take on Minnesota tomorrow at 11. We will have that game for you on 880 KRVN. It's a relatively drama-free weekend in college football. Alabama is the only team in the top four that actually will be playing. We'll tell you more about that. Nice win for the Nebraska women last night as Sam Habe erupted for a career-high 33 points. Nebraska needed just about every one of them The same improved to three and zero with a 78-72 win over Illinois. UNK women, they were winners. UNK men fell. And the Husker men tonight, they're back in action on the road at Creighton. Nebraska's looking to bounce back after a very disappointing second half the other night against Georgia Tech. All of that and much more is straight ahead on sports coming up next hour as part of Midday.
0: All right, thank you very much, Jason. Sure appreciate it. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. And, Bob, what can you tell us about uh, it sounds like Pfizer is going to go get the go-ahead from Uh, the FDA and what does that mean for uh, stocks
3: and and the markets? The stocks are falling today um, and mostly because of uh, prospects for another aid package from Washington uh, aren't looking real good right now Uh, and there's a surge in virus cases which is uh, out there which could damage the already damaged economy. The S&P 500 fell three-tenths of a percent in early trading today. Uh, Yes, the FDA has told Pfizer that it will work to grant emergency use of its COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, that vaccine is going to be arriving uh, in Nebraska if it isn't already here uh, very shortly. And and folks will start being uh, vaccinated. With the return of Nebraska football, that means
2: Husker Chat with Sean Callahan, the publisher of HuskerOnline.com, is back. Join us each Thursday as we break down the Huskers' season with one of the true experts on Nebraska football. And it's all brought to you by Newcomb Diesel of Kearney. You can catch the show at 540 on Thursday afternoons on 880 KRVN or watch the show each week on the KRVN YouTube channel. That's Husker Chat brought to you by Newcomb Diesel of Kearney each Thursday at 540 from KRVN Sports.
0: It's time for our latest regional ag weather, final one of the week, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins now joining us. and Well, Paul, some areas starting to see some heavier snow as the day progresses. Other areas out of the woods from what they saw this morning. And we were just looking, some areas haven't uh, even seen uh, Floria, uh, apparently, so far.
4: Exactly. Hardly any snow is uh, accumulating on the ground. Now, mm. uh, if you go basically west of Gothenburg, just on the road cams here, Uh, Gothenburg and points to the west, hardly any snow on the ground, but then to the east of that, along I-80, quite a bit of snow on the ground. Luckily, the road's in pretty good shape in Mm -hmm. a lot of the areas. Probably another story, though, as you head into eastern areas, but Basically, from Broken Bow and Gothenburg on it to west central and much of southwest Nebraska, not a whole lot of snow has fallen, but we have seen some reports of at least a couple of inches of snow over uh, northwestern areas of Kansas and some trace amounts as you head into southwest Nebraska. Currently, the snow mainly along an east of a line from about Broken Bow down to Kearney to near the Franklin area and once again points off towards the northeast That snow gradually moving to the northeast, but it has kind of been backfilling at times, too, Mm -hmm. into central areas. Because of that, we do have the Winter Weather Advisory. It was expanded to include Dawson County. Uh, the Winter Weather Advisory, in effect, until 6 tomorrow morning, much of south-central and southeast Nebraska, or if you're along and east of a line from Loop City to Lexington, Minden and Red Cloud. Light snow likely through this evening. Total snow accumulations of 2 to 5 inches with some locally higher amounts. Wind's not too much of a problem out of the north at 15 to 25. Could cause some blowing and maybe lower visibilities, but luckily the snow is pretty heavy. Uh, some you want to, of course, make sure you do slow down and use some caution while you're traveling. We do have that advisory map on our KRB and Facebook page.
0: I know you'll get more into it here in just a minute, but right now, some areas think that, uh, well, we may be out of the woods now and and the snow might be done, but there's a chance that you could see some more snow as the day and evening goes along.
4: Exactly. Still a little bit of light snow right now over central portions of Colorado into southeast Wyoming, so maybe another dusting to an inch of snow over southwestern areas with this system moving through. Uh, Temperatures right now, pretty Pretty much in the low to mid-30s. A little bit warmer as you head into southeast Nebraska and eastern Kansas. That snow likely today mainly in central and eastern areas. We're on the backside of low pressure that's moving into Missouri. In slightly warmer areas from southeast Nebraska to north central and northeast Kansas. Some rain or a wintry mix could mix in with that. Snow chances will diminish west to east through this afternoon through tonight. Most of the locations will see accumulations 1 to 3 inches. But higher amounts as you go more towards east. Northerly winds will be breezy at times, so that today's temperatures will be rising very little or remain steady. High pressure pushes in tomorrow. That will break up the clouds. Temperatures will stay seasonal to slightly cooler than normal for tomorrow through Tuesday, especially with any snow cover on the ground. With the approach of a weakening area of low pressure, some snow is possible late tomorrow through tomorrow night from western Nebraska to the tri-state area of southwest Nebraska, northwest Kansas, and northeast Colorado. Not expected to be an issue as you go to the central and east. Another disturbance could provide a little light snow to the entire region Monday night into Tuesday. A ridge of high pressure returns our dry weather and slightly warmer than normal temperatures to the forecast by the middle of next week. In our long-term forecast, warmer than normal temperatures are likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central and western U.S. for Wednesday all the way Christmas Eve day and during that time in central Nebraska the average highs are in the upper 30s with average overnight lows in the mid teens once again, we're expected to be above normal. It will also stay mostly dry with the outlook of below normal precipitation Wednesday through Christmas Eve day for not only Nebraska and Kansas, but on into the Southern Plains and the Four Corners area where we usually get our big storm systems. Weather factors in the markets include varying rain chances in Brazil and only isolated rain for Argentina. A storm currently crossing the Central and Southern Plains will reach the lower Great Lakes by tomorrow and pass near northern New England by early next week. Accumulating snow will fall from parts of the central plains into northern lower Michigan. Rain totals should reach 1 to 2 inches from the mid-south into southern areas of lower Michigan. For the Midwest, the winter wheat will go into dormancy with favorable conditions. In the southern plains, moderate snow also possible with another system by Sunday across southern areas. The increasing soil moisture helping out wheat that's not yet dormant. Central Brazil crop areas expect scattered, moderate to heavy showers through the weekend, a benefit for the reproductive phase of corn and soybeans. Southern Brazil, drier, but waves of rain will move back in this weekend and next week. The chances for the rains in southern Brazil to track farther north are uncertain at this point. Across Argentina, dryness the past few days is stressing, developing row crops A system with scattered showers over south Argentina will move north this weekend. A couple of more rounds of rain may also develop next week, especially over northern areas of Argentina, bringing a benefit to developing crops. The isolated nature of the rain, though,
0: over south Argentina will likely cause additional crop stress. So after today and possibly some areas tomorrow morning, it's going to be dry for some time.
4: Exactly. Yeah, looking pretty favorable. Uh, once this system passes out, and a lot of it probably this afternoon into this evening, and most of it should be well up to the east by tomorrow
0: morning. Okay. Very good. I know you have advisories up as well, and uh, also some graphics. Where can you find that at? You can check that out on our KRVN Facebook page, and for the latest weather
4: information all the time, weather page KRVN.com.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Paul.
5: Most
6: of us count the number of days until Christmas.
7: 31, 30, 29, come on.
6: But if you're so excited that you're counting the hours, I love Christmas! 1069 Frosty FM is for you. Central Nebraska's 24-7 Christmas station. Well, one like also heard on 931 hd HD2, krvn.com, and the River app.
5: With one Christmas song after another.
6: <laughs> 1069 Frosty
2: FM.
7: It's time again this week that we get to visit with Nebraska Extension agricultural climatologist Al Dutch. I'm Shaylee Peters, joining you back on the Rural Radio Network. And Al, as we look at this past week, we sit here on a Friday with snow falling across much of the region, 60-degree weather just a couple of days ago. What can we expect headed into this weekend and next
8: week?
9: Well, Shaylee, let's just pray we can get this semblance of a forecast at least halfway decently arrived because... I'll tell you, this storm this week, when you look down the miles from day-to-day runs, the solutions just varied so much that it was very, very difficult. They had this storm initially last weekend as a potential to hit the central United States. Then they backed off of it and kept it south of us. Then they basically skirted southeast Nebraska, backed off of it. And lo and behold, here we are, the event unfolding. We have a fairly significant trough with that cold front that came through yesterday. It has settled down into deep Texas and we're starting to see energy pivot around that, of course, and we're seeing moisture streaming northeastward, and of course, there's also surface lows basically in northwestern Kansas that's moving eastward that will merge up with the upper air trough and really create a fairly significant snowstorm for the Great Lakes region and the eastern Corn Belt. We're basically on that deformation zone on the backside of that surface low that will move northeast. So We're starting to see precipitation break out, and it's actually breaking out much earlier. And we're seeing accumulations much more significant than was expected at this time of the day. Really, the main action was expected as we get to tonight. So as we go through the day, we'll see that snow band. that's basically set up across central and portions of east-central Nebraska. Remain fairly consistent and drift toward the east-southeast. So those into the northwest of that primary snow band really won't see much in the way of any significant accumulation. But as this thing moves eastward and the moisture gets streamed up from the uh, Texas, we're probably going to see a band of moderate snow somewhere in east-central, central Nebraska, when this is all said and done with and capable of, if we get some thunderstorm development along that front, to see a little convection and add to it. So not be surprised that we'll see some location get more than six inches, but generally I would think two to four will cover a lot of folks. It's going to be a pretty slushy mess. Temperatures are not going to be too extreme. We're going to be primarily in the 30s. This system clears out as we go through tomorrow. We'll still see some wind. We'll see a moderation of temperatures basically up into the mid-30s, very cold at night. Then as we go into Sunday, another system moves through the southern plains, and this one looks like it's going to miss us. And we will just primarily be in the colder air. Temperature's pretty consistent in the 30s with the snow cover that we have existing around here. That system will pass through, and then we'll start to see – maybe a slight moderation before another system moves into the southwest and the southern stream with a weaker northern stream over the uh, over the great lakes so kind of going to be caught right between these systems Now that system starts to pivot out as we get into the midweek period what to watch is really because there has been hints of the increasing snow across Nebraska with this system but overall it doesn't look like a major system but the one to really watch for is another system pivots right back into that southwest as we get into late next week And that system has signs of doing the same thing as the system that we're dealing with right now. So right now, yesterday, they were depicting snow pretty significant over eastern Nebraska, pivoted away from it with today's run. So be aware that as we get into late next week, there is going to be a chance for more significant weather somewhere within the central and southern plains. We'll have to wait to see what happens. But overall, it's going to be more of a winter-type pattern. Basically, we're going to be stuck into the 30s with just the outside chances we get into that wednesday period where we get our best warming and we might make it up into the 40s across the
7: state nebraska extension agricultural climatologist al dutcher you're listening to the rural radio network
0: it is time for midday sports one final look this week and it's brought to you by arrow seed company here's jason Hey, thanks.
2: While many college football and basketball teams continue to struggle with COVID, the Huskers continue to remain pretty healthy. Head coach Scott Frost admits they have been fortunate. It's probably a little bit of luck. Uh, again, I compliment the guys on being smart and not putting themselves at risk and, and trying to do what's right for the team. Um, we got started with summer stuff a little quicker, you know, that Sam, and I, I think uh, maybe ours got spread out a little bit more. You know, we'd have a couple here and a couple there. and. And maybe so that kept us from having the big outbreak. Uh, but we we still have a lot of guys that, uh, to our knowledge, have never had it. Nebraska's scheduled to face Minnesota tomorrow at 11. We will bring you that game here on 880 KRVN. A weekend devoid of drama appears to be setting up in college football. Top-ranked Alabama is the only team among the top four in the college football playoff rankings playing. Keep an eye on the Pac-12. USC can lock up a spot on the Pac-12 championship game. If it beats UCLA tomorrow, even if Colorado beats Utah, remain two remain undefeated in the Pac-12 South. The Trojans would go to the title game based on the tiebreaker, giving the nod to the team with the higher college football playoff ranking. The Trojans are 15th, the Buffs are 21. Sam Habey erupted for a career-high 33 points as the Nebraska women improved to 3-0 with a 78-72 come-from-behind win over Illinois. KB, the 5'9 junior guard from Minnesota, scored 21 of her game-high 33 points in the second half. The Husker men, they'll look to bounce back tonight on the road against Creighton. That one begins at 6. Point guard Haley Semetol scored a team-high 18 points as UNK had a big third quarter to hold off Newman. Fifty-three forty-seven. The Lopers are three and zero. The men, however, lost a heartbreaker. They gave up a three-point play with less than two seconds to go, falling to Newman sixty-four sixty-one. Both the UNK women and men play at UCO tomorrow with games at two and four. Those games can be heard on ninety-three point one The River and one hundred six point nine in Kearney. High school basketball on tap tonight. Holdridge at Lexington with games at six fifteen and eight, and here on eight eighty KRVN. It's Cozad Girls and Boys at hershey with games at 6 and seven thirty. you can catch those games on 880 krvn all of the games tonight also can be heard at krvn.com that's a check of sports have a great day i'm jason jorgensen
7: santa must thought i was a very good girl this year because he stopped by and filled our stockings with goodies But it wasn't just my stocking. I mean, he filled all the announcer's stockings. Even though I'm not sure we were all that good. But we have goodies from area businesses that we want to share with you. Listen daily to call in and win prizes from Plum Creek Marketplace in Lexington or JM's Cards and Gifts and Service Drug in Cozad. It's holiday fun and games at the Rural Radio Network.
0: Time for midday news. Ellen Simmons has now stepped in. Ellen, did you get a decent amount of snow this morning where you guys live?
8: No. I mean, we got like an inch, I want to say, but it wasn't a lot.
0: Not like Carney or <laughs> no. some other areas. Which
8: is weird because we're only, what, 30 minutes west of you?
0: Listen, like I said, it it was a weird difference. As soon as they hit the Dawson County line, it was almost like a different world. It was like Buffalo County was in a snow globe, and everything west, you saw the snow, and it was on the ground, but it wasn't anything like what was behind me, which I was okay with.
8: Yeah. Well, that's good.
0: (laughs) Well, what do you have for us in our final uh, look at news here today?
8: Well, troopers with the Nebraska State Patrol SWAT team have arrested a person wanted in connection with a homicide investigation in Red Willow County. On Thursday, December 10th, Nebraska State Patrol SWAT was activated to arrest 45-year-old Travis Terwilliger of McCook at his home, 304 East 2nd Street in McCook. Terwilliger was arrested on a felony warrant for use of a firearm to commit a felony accessory to a felony and terroristic threats. Details on the nature of this case have been sealed in Red Willow County Court, but the investigation began following an incident on October 8, 2020, in Red Willow County regarding a homicide. North Platte attorney Kent Florham was appointed to represent Terwilliger, and Red Willow County Sheriff's Office is the lead agency in the homicide investigation. The number of coronavirus patients in Nebraska's hospitals appears to have stabilized for now, even though the numbers are still elevated. State officials say 779 people were hospitalized with the virus as of Thursday evening, a number that has remained relatively unchanged over the last several days. The state reached a single-day high of 987 hospitalizations last month, raising the prospect of Tougher social distancing restrictions. Nebraska confirmed one thousand eight hundred and fifty new coronavirus cases on Thursday, a number that has been trending downward since the latest peak in the middle of November. The latest report or excuse me, the state reported one hundred and forty five thousand seven hundred and seventy four known cases and one thousand three hundred and twenty nine deaths since the pandemic began. Authorities say one person has died and two others were injured in a crash northwest of Valley in eastern Nebraska. The Omaha World Herald reports the crash happened late Tuesday night on Nebraska Highway thirty six when two vehicles collided. First responders called the wreckage, pronounced one excuse me, called to the wreckage, pronounced one person dead at the scene. Two other people were taken to an Omaha hospital in serious condition. The names of those involved were not immediately released and the crash remains under investigation. Governor Peter Ricketts held a news conference this morning to give an update on the steps Nebraska is taking to slow the spread of COVID-19 and to keep enough beds available in hospitals for patients. Ricketts praised Mel Mc- McNay of Great Plains Health in North Platte for his hospital's flexibility in the fight against the pandemic in rural Nebraska and said Great Plains was named Rural Hospital of the Year for two years in a row.
2: You may recall early on this pandemic, Uh, We were looking at increasing hospitalizations and cases in Lexington, Nebraska. Uh, Mel, who is the CEO of Great Plains, set up a couple of ambulances and a helicopter to be able to make sure we could transfer patients uh, out of Lexington if necessary. He's been willing to take patients from long-term care facilities, uh, really flex his hospital staff and capacity up.
8: McNay says health officials are working with nursing homes more frequently, and he says they worked to set up a COVID-19 unit in one nursing home so they could isolate six p- sick people and keep the virus from spreading. He says they have also participated in drug trials, and McNay says they have been able to give patients oxygen in their home in order to preserve hospital beds for those that are more seriously ill. McNay hopes the hospital starts receiving vaccines next week. Well, you can find more news at krbn.com.
0: Thank you very much, Alan. Swell.
7: Alec Iba from Kearney, Nebraska, and also a member of the Buffalo County Farm Bureau, was recently named the winner of the 2020 Young Farmers and Ranchers Virtual Discussion Meat Competition. And Alec joins us over the phone today to explain what exactly that is. So thanks so much for joining us, Alec. Before we get too far into our conversation, can you tell us what a virtual discussion meat competition is?
10: Yep, love to. Um, in the Farm Bureau's discussion meat competition, Uh, Competitors get together at the annual Young Farmers and Ranchers uh, YFNR conference, and that took place in Kearney back um, in January, February. It's right at the end of the month in January there. Competitors talk about basically issues facing the ag industry in, in Nebraska and how we as Farm Bureau members can work with our local state and government officials to and solve these problems, and it's uh its basically a setting. It's not a debate. It'd be more of like a um, a meeting type scenario where we just discuss the issues amongst ourselves and create ideas and brainstorm ideas to uh, create policy for Farm Bureau to then hopefully enact on and, like I said, help help shape the future of the industry. And uh, it's just a, a meeting of the minds. I guess it's a really cool competition and. We had great participation this year, so it's really good to see young farmers and ranchers getting involved and being active in, in the discussion meet and in, in their local and county farm bureaus.
7: Absolutely. Well, Alec, you had mentioned that you were collaborating with a couple different people. What were some of the topics that you guys were addressing?
10: Mm-hmm. In the finals, we discussed uh, rural broadband and the need for, for that in the state of Nebraska with um, everything that's happened in 2020 and and just in general, technology um, and how it's changing and shaping the future. We talked about how Farm Bureau can work to be the centerpiece in helping our local and legislative officials and state officials pave the way into improving our rural broadband systems in, in Nebraska. And we also talked about the ag economy and how that influences rural Nebraska and how we can work to diversify the economies in local and rural areas, to improve the ag economies, and ultimately, this would bring back, hopefully, young farmers and ranchers back to rural America and rural Nebraska specifically. We just wanted to create awareness, and it was a really cool topic to talk about the ideas that that we have in place to hopefully bring back, like I said, and attract young young individuals to come back to rural rural Nebraska and and um, settle and raise families here.
7: Well Alec Farm Bureau spreads across the entire state and there's a lot of different perspectives that are brought in um, from eastern Nebraska compared to western Nebraska what was there anything that stood out in the differences of you know regional perspectives or anything like that
10: um, you always hear uh, yeah and we always discuss this and there's always a difference in the regional differences and geographical differences The cool thing about young farmers and ranchers that I really like is We might have different opinions and different viewpoints in terms of how we view each other's geographical locations. But at the end of the day, we're all centered and grounded on the the roots of improving Nebraska's lives and our young farmers and ranchers' lives in in their specific areas. And so, like I said, while we might have different opinions in how we do that, the foundation is is still there, and we brainstorm and collaborate together to, to help all Nebraskans across the state.
7: Well, taking all that into consideration, we had mentioned before we came on air that you are active on your family's operation. You have your own agribusiness. What were some of the takeaways that you'll be able to take home to your operation?
10: Oh, um, we, we just talk about so much, and I love learning. One of the biggest benefits to young farmers and ranchers and the conference and going to the conference, which is coming up here, at the end of January, hopefully, we're trying to decide if it's going to be virtual or if we're going to have to do it virtually or if it can be in person. So time will tell there. But one of the biggest takeaways is just the networking and uh, opportunities that you have with young farmers and ranchers um, at the conference and just in general being active in Farm Bureau. Um, there's ideas that other that other people are doing and other other farmers across the state are doing that I've taken and, and implemented some of those practices and ideas in our operation and vice versa, you know, so we always learn from each other. We're always bouncing ideas off each other and we're always trying to improve each other's operations uh, somehow. We're just trying to, to work with each other to, to help ag and to help ourselves. So it's really, really cool. The team, the team and the family atmosphere that young farmers and ranchers in, in the program in Nebraska has.
7: Absolutely. Well, Alec, as we round up this conversation, you're an active member of the Buffalo County Farm Bureau. Tell us about uh, your involvement in the organization. Mm-hmm.
10: Yep, um, I got involved in Farm Bureau when I was living in Northeast Nebraska for a few years, and then I, when I moved back, I, I wanted to be a, a more active member in Farm Bureau in my local uh, area, and so I, I seek out some leadership opportunities, and I'm serving as the vice president of Buffalo County Farm Bureau right now, and. I'm a committee member on the Young Farmers and Ranchers Committee, and it's um, it's been really great to network, meet people, and and be involved in an organization that has so much influence in Nebraska and in Nebraska agriculture, and, and for that matter in the in the nation. So it's really cool.
7: All right. Well, is there anything we missed that's important to mention?
10: I don't think so. Uh, I just couldn't do anything without my family, and then uh, my wife Meredith, who's a kindergarten teacher, and uh, our little girl Isla. So. It's been, uh, she's helped me and uh, is always supportive of me working on the farm and ranch and uh, being flexible. So that's been, that's a blessing and I'm lucky to have her.
7: Absolutely. Well, great information as always. Thanks so much, Alec.
10: Thank you very much.
7: That again is Alec Iba. He was named the winner of the 2020 Young Farmers and Ranchers Virtual Discussion Meat Competition, put on by the Nebraska Farm Bureau. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska soybean farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
3: With business report for this Friday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are falling on Wall Street as prospects for another aid package from Washington faded, while a surge in virus cases threatens to inflict more damage on an already battered economy. The S&P 500 fell three tenths of a percent in early trading, further backing off the record high it set on Tuesday. It is now on track for a weekly loss after two weeks of solid gains. Investors have been hoping for another financial lifeline to help cushion the latest blow from COVID-19 to people, businesses, and state governments, but an emerging $900 billion aid package from a bipartisan group of lawmakers has essentially collapsed because of continued partisan bickering. The Food and Drug Administration has told Pfizer that it will rapidly work to grant emergency use of its COVID-19 vaccine. Following a positive recommendation by government advisors, That's according to a statement today from FDA head Stephen Hahn, which came less than an hour after President Donald Trump tweeted Hahn complaining that FDA is still a big old slow turtle. A U.S. government advisory panel yesterday endorsed the coronavirus vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech. The panel concluded that the shot appears safe and effective against the coronavirus in people 16 and older. FDA approval is expected within days. A number of retailers, including J.C. JCPenney, Lowe's and Kohl's, are telling shoppers they need to place their online orders soon or else pay expedited shipping fees if they want to get their packages delivered in time for the holidays. The earlier than usual deadlines come as more people turn to online shopping during the pandemic, creating a logjam for shipping companies as well as delivery delays. For the Rural Network, I'm Bob Ricks.
6: Welcome to Friday Feeders on the Rural Radio Network, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. I'm Clay Patton, and when you think about cattle feeding in central Nebraska, it's hard to overlook Dar Feedlot Incorporated. Now I have the opportunity to talk with General Manager of Dar Feedlot Incorporated, that's John Schrader. And John, give us a brief overview of just what Dar is today and where it's come from.
11: Dar, Dar Feedlot Incorporated. Is a 45,000 head commercial feedlot in central Nebraska that has been owned by local producers since 1982. DAR specializes in caring for cattle to add value for retained ownership and investor customers by utilizing local feedstuffs and infrastructure resources to produce the safest, high quality, process verified beef to consumers around the world. You guys
6: have stayed on the technological
11: cutting edge
6: of the cattle feeding industry. So what have what have been some of those things that you've incorporated to
11: stay on that cutting edge? Our people make the difference, constantly investing in the skill sets of employees that care about the cattle and the product we produce is key. Our DAR ownership invests in facilities and digital process verified tools. Some of those tools deal with electronic tags in every animal for the last decade. Today, matching up that information into databases that help us remain process verified, able to uh, meet the demands of consumers.
6: John, tell us, how long have you been with DAR and through your time with the company and the feedlot, what have been the biggest technological advances that you've seen in your time?
11: So I've been with DAR Feedlot. Uh, since January of 2007. I've known and done business with DAR for many years prior to that. It's been an interesting run when you look at the things that have changed over the last decade. We've seen things when I was a young man in high school, the 90s. We saw something in our industry called E. coli that popped up in 1992. That scared us as an industry. We had something that we didn't know what it was. We didn't know how to measure it. We didn't know how to fight, for, fight it. And we developed uh, Hazard Analysis Critical Control Points, um, well known as HACCP, to fight that off and have a safe product. And today we see COVID, again, something that didn't know what it was, didn't know what we were dealing with, but yet beef industry's been through these types of battles before. And what we have to deliver is confidence to consumers that the product that they're getting from us is safe, and of quality.
6: John, for a feedlot the scale of DAR, I'm sure it takes a lot of moving pieces to keep maintenance and things going if you ever consider expansion, bringing in new parts to the feed yard as well. So what does the community
11: around DAR look like? Uh, We are truly blessed in Central Nebraska to have resources that many parts of the globe don't have. We've got a community that is just top-notch. We're so blessed to have the infrastructure and the talent many individuals and businesses here in Central Nebraska. Whether it's plumbing, electrical, well diggers, equipment dealers, nutritionists and veterinarians, we are truly blessed with the best in the world. That's a great part of our success, and as we've grown from a 3,000 head yard in 1982 to the 45,000 head yard we are today. We've also seen those same businesses have to grow and step up with us. What a unique area of the country to live in.
6: That again, General Manager of Dar Incorporated John Schrader joining us for Friday Feeders. I have a couple more questions for John, including where do young people fit into the future of cattle feeding? You can catch the entire interview when you visit the web story at ruralradio.com. It's Friday Feeders, brought to you by FNBO. On the Rural Radio Network.
1: And good afternoon. We're going to take a look at the closing grain futures with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Nice to finish with some positives across the screen. And John, as we look at the close of the week, what are your thoughts?
5: Well, the the setup here for rallies has been exacerbated by what's going on in Russia. I think it starts in the wheat pits and ends, you know, with higher prices across the the complex. Really, you know, feed demand and the use for feed, whether it be human feed or animal feed, is it, it's starting to jump. Uh, soybean meal, DDG prices are even higher just simply because they're not they're not dealing with you know we're not producing as much ethanol, so there's not not as much byproduct. Um, And that's going to create a ripple across the planet. And so what you have is your foreign government. You know, you need your people to be happy. You need your people to be fed. And it's important that food stays cheap. You know, that's how governments get overthrown is expensive food. And so um, Putin two nights ago came out and said that they're going to look at putting. Well, three days ago, they put uh, an export levy on their sunflower oil. And now they're looking at potentially about a 10% tax on wheat exports. And that 10% is about the difference between U.S. and Russian offers. So, might be ready to sell some wheat to the mid, mid, uh, Mid-East again. We haven't done it in a while, but we're going to be competitive.
1: Looking at what we've seen and, and the export numbers have come in, we saw a little a nugget that got thrown at us this morning. Otherwise, it was midweek and earlier on news.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's tough. The USDA report kind of thinks there has to be some amplitude with that. I understand, you know, I think the crop is shorter than it is. So it's kind of weird for the first time in, I don't know, it's been a while. We have the USDA kind of at our backs to a certain degree where, um, you know, the the reports should show some bullishness. And I think both of them, the grain stocks report that comes out at the end of December, and then the, the January crop report, I mean, both of those could provide some ample opportunities to sell higher prices and, you know, throwing weather problems in Brazil. And then we've got acreage to talk about. And acreage is another issue. Uh, you know, what happens if currency changes? And, and the U.S. has been re- is required to expand acres. So there's just so many dynamics right now that have changed in the last six months. It's incredible.
1: Well, Dan, you and I were talking before we went on the air about everything that's been ha- happening with COVID may not be as big of an effect on our stored corn, but it's still an issue out there.
5: Yeah, oh, it's a huge issue for livestock. I mean, the worry here is they're going to shut down the plants. You know, they can't find them staffed. I think hogs. Dogs are probably a good state here just because I don't think they're going to be able to kill what they need to kill uh, to meet demand. And then long term, I think that's how prices kind of get going. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, need to be optimistic. I'm a good state on that.
1: All right. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, John.
9: Bye.
1: Joining us has been John Payne with Daniels Ag Marketing. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Susan. Sure appreciate that. That'll wrap up today's Midday Edition. If you missed anything, you can listen to our Midday Podcast sponsored by Divinity Motors on any Apple or Android device. Or you can find it at krvn.com.